Welcome to the Technostatic Podcast. I'm Eric, and this is Randy. Hello. What is Back going on a schedule, on? man. Back, Back on, on a schedule. Yeah. Isn't that wild? It is wild. It is wild. It's like our New Year's resolution. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. If you want to call it a schedule, we're a little bit late, <laughs> but it's because every time we set up this, like you have a different machine you're going to stream from. True. True. <laughs> Actually, we might as well start with that because uh, I think it's kind of funny. Yeah. Uh, I guess you sold your MacBook. I did. Uh, this is going to sound like a total first world problem, but <laughs> I kind of forgot I had a MacBook. Right. Uh, and that sounds really <laughs> weird, right? Like, I don't mean that in a negative way, but I've just been using my other devices so much more that it was like, oh, I still have a MacBook. So uh, for those of you who don't know and who are probably maybe new to the show or not, but I'm a big tablet guy. And I think that stems from the fact that, you know, much like Eric, I sit in front of a computer all day. He sits in front of a computer all day. We work on computers. We game on computers. So when it comes to like that, like relaxation time where I kind of want to just, you know, either kick back and chill and browse Reddit or read articles on the Internet or find up you know, like stock information, things of that nature, uh, I like to pick up a tablet because it's. It's a nice, convenient way to still stay connected, but in a different form factor where I can kind of, you know, relax and chill and hang out. And over the course of my my tenure using a tablet, I've tried to find ways to kind of make it my one portable device. Because like a tablet obviously has a lot of benefits, right? You know, it has a touchscreen, it has excellent battery life, it has a really good display. Uh, but it doesn't really run full desktop class applications. So, you know, through... I want to say applications such as, you know, Parsec and Moonlight and things of that nature, I've been able to kind of use a tablet and then kind of access my 4090 desktop from my tablet when I would need something that would require a full desktop class piece of software on the go, which isn't all that frequent, you know? And the reason it isn't all that frequent, which brings me to my other device, is my Steam Deck. And it's kind of an interesting story, I would say, because... I don't know if you guys remember, but when the Steam Deck first came out, I was kind of on the fence if I wanted one, if I should get one. And and I actually got my pre-order before you, Eric, right? So Yeah, that's right. I was like, you oh, you know, me. like I don't know if I'm really going to use this or want this. So you can have my first in line pre-order because I'm probably not going to even really use it, right? It was kind of in that, oh, I kind of want one, but I'm not going to really. Right. You know, it was kind of like, a, it was like, oh, I want one, but I don't need one. Right. I don't really right. think I'll use it. And, uh, yeah, that was basically what you felt at the time, but that's changed. Was. Yeah, it was. And now, honestly, I pretty much don't go anywhere without my iPad and my Steam Deck. So between, you know, the Steam Deck having that full Arch Linux desktop experience when you plug it in, or even on the tablet itself, that kind of fills that gap for me a little bit. And then the iPad kind of fills that gap for everything else. So, um... It was like, you know, a teardown after the holidays. We're taking down some of the decorations. And for those of you who don't know, I play D&D on the weekends. On Saturday nights, I actually run a campaign on the DM. And I was going through a bunch of, like, character sheets and just, like, different, you know, papers I had, I had printed out for my campaign. And under them was my MacBook. <laughs> and I totally forgot. I was like, oh, I own one of these. You know, it was like one of those moments that, like, I just haven't had a need to go to it in so long. And I was like, right. huh, this is collecting some dust over here. So... You know, but I sat down and I, you know, I was like, well, what are the benefits of me keeping this? And I don't really use it that much. However, uh, the M2 refresh allegedly is right around the corner, right? 
So I figured if I'm going to get rid of it, you know, it's not probably a permanent goodbye because I do like Mac OS and I do like the software and stuff. But now is probably the time where it's at like peak value, right? Because as soon as those M2 chips come out, then this one is going to be devalued. Not right. devalued to zero, but worth less than it currently is now. So uh, for those of you who don't know, I had the M1 Pro 16 gigabyte, the 10 core 16 GPU. So the upgraded Pro processor, but with 16 gigs of RAM and the terabyte SSD and the 14 inch. And I think I got it on Best Buy. I know out of pocket it was like eighteen ninety nine because I think it was on sale for like nineteen ninety nine. Then I had like rewards. Anyway, so out of pocket right. it was eighteen ninety nine. I used it for over a year, and I sold it for sixteen hundred bucks. So I would say that I kind of made out on that deal. You know, I think so uh, too. And then that kind of you know just comes back to me just. I forgot I had it, you know? Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah. No, so. I mean, I, I get it, man. I think that the Mac is still great, but if you're not using it, like you don't need it, you know? Um, it's kind of crazy excellent. how yeah. you've integrated the iPad, uh, thoroughly into your kind of setup. And in fact, you're using it right now for like a, uh, a video monitor for yourself. I am. Um, I am. You know, it's the iPad still has its quirks, like for sure. Like, and I don't know if those quirks will ever get worked out. So the biggest quirk is probably file system integration, right? So uh, editing like photos and stuff, despite it having, you know, full quote unquote desktop class experience with Lightroom, which to be fair, it does. So like if you don't use classic and you use like the current Lightroom, it's, it's a great experience. The problem is, is that Apple's file system kind of operates in containers. So your Lightroom catalog, you don't have access to that ever. So you can't back up your catalog externally. You can't export photos in the way that you would want to export photos, you can't do any of that on the iPad. And that's Apple's fault. That's Apple's limitation, you know? So it still has little quirks like that, that I wouldn't necessarily say it's a full, you know, desktop replacement or laptop replacement right? for certain people. But, you know, as far as like a note for, as like a device that fits my niche of what I need mobily, I think it's probably the best experience. Yeah, I think that the iPad's great. I have one. I barely use it though. Just because mm-hmm. I have the fold, you know, yeah, and they're a little they overlap, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think one of the problems I have with the iPad is, um, you know, it just, I mean, I I think it probably could be mitigated a little bit by the way you can use it as like a remote desktop tool, like you were saying. Um, right. But is Parsec still not available on iPad? Parsec is not available on iPad. Uh. So, so how do you go about uh, doing remote? I use Moonlight. So you know the problem with that is uh, Moonlight's going away, dude. Not going away, though. I heard it is. So Did, did you hear about that? You yeah, know what I'm so talking Game about? Stream is going away. Yeah, but it, uh, doesn't it use the same back end that Game Stream does? It does. It does. Okay, so you're already but, read into this. Right, but the ability to... Um, up really quick uh to stream and and use like the nvn code and stuff yeah it's still there okay okay so moonlight still, still open so the company that makes moonlight is making a host application that's already out called sunlight oh nice so you just run sunlight on your host and then you run moonlight on your client and it's the same thing you just it, it actually may be better to be honest with you because then you don't need that GeForce experience bloatware on your computer. Oh my God, so. you're so right. Um, so, good point, man. I mean, that is better actually. Yeah, so, so 
So the team behind Moonlight has made a has already made a solution called Sunlight. So now good to know. See, I didn't know. Last thing I read was they're getting rid of it. People were upset because like people well, yeah, use it. And I know, so you know. like so like unfortunately for people who uh, have an Nvidia Shield and like they bought into yeah. the ecosystem of having an Nvidia Shield, that's probably not going to work anymore. But for someone who uses like the Moonlight client on their iPads or their laptops, then you would just download Sunlight on your host and then it would be essentially the same thing. I think the NVIDIA Shield crowd aren't completely helpless because can't you get like Moonlight anyway on those? You can, you can. Uh, but like, Android, I think yeah. a good selling point is like, I, th- I think you have a Shield too, but like if you yeah. run Moonlight on a Shield, it's literally just an app and that's fine. But like when it had game stream on the home screen, it like tiled your games almost like Steam Deck. Okay. So like that whole like like you nice nice UX experience is going away. Yeah. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yeah, like it, it kind of tiled your your game stream games kind of like how, how they look on Steam Deck on your shield. That's gone. I mean, that's yeah, going to go away. That's, so That's just I don't know why I wonder why they're removing it. Um If I had to guess, I would say uh it's probably greed. And okay. greed in the sense of they're probably like, "Wow, Less than one percent. I'm tr- I'm throwing numbers out of my ass, right? Actually, use this feature or even know it exists. So, why are we spending dev it. dollars on this feature that no one is using or talking about or you know kind of dealing with? And right, it's also really it, they're they're also in a really odd spot because I feel like the Steam Deck may have had something to do with that because the argument is. NVIDIA is using it from a game standpoint. Granted, I and, and a few others use it for desktop streaming. So you have this whole other crowd that is using or the, the smaller sect, excuse me. That's even a, more, more, more of an edge case, right? Yeah, so yeah. like, if you're just streaming games, the argument is why not just use Steam, you know? And then yeah. that integrates really well with Steam Deck. So why use GameStream when you can use Steam, which also targets AMD cards? So you're already dealing with a very niche product and then you're even cutting that piece of the pie even smaller when you factor in the fact that the people who rely on, on game stream, quote unquote game stream, are also using it as like just a really uh, low level RDP client that has really great latency. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. it's like you're then cutting that pie even smaller. So, it, yeah. so, so for them, it's <clears throat> like, listen, Steam is really getting up there with Steam Link because of the Steam Deck. Right. So then everyone who has a Steam Deck is now just in turn going to use Steam Link, even on their other computers, because it works well on Steam Deck. It's true, so yeah. It's kind of... Can I say something to say real here? quick? Like it's kind of, so yeah, sure. I just think it's interesting, because if you think about it, um, it's the opposite of what other players are doing. And let me just explain what I'm talking about. Because mm-hmm. you have the Steam Deck, and obviously I've always been uh, super supportive of on-device gaming, right? Like, I, I prefer it over streaming and cloud and everything. Even though, like, what NVIDIA offered with, like, local game streaming, as I'll call it, uh, is, is actually significantly better than, like, say, something like what Stadia was or whatever. Sure. Uh, or, or even, like, uh, Microsoft's, uh, uh, what's it? XCloud. XCloud. Uh, so, like, I will say this. It's interesting because, in one hand, you have um, NVIDIA, who's removing their streaming capabilities instead of investing more in it. And then you have companies mm. like Logitech making something called the Logitech well, G Cloud. Did you see that thing? It's supposed to I be did. a Steam Deck competitor. And it's focused around cloud gaming. So, so, you ha- so it's like you have two different, like... Uh, people are investing in two completely different directions, and it's kind of baffling. Can I 
can I interject a little bit? Yeah. I think they're investing in the same direction. And okay, interesting. Let so me tell what you what I mean by that. Yeah. So did you watch like their recent NVIDIA's like CES keynote thing? No. With like the 4070 Ti and stuff? Well, they also introduced their new next-gen game cloud servers. You're kidding. Which have 4080s, and for some reason they were comparing their 4080 game cloud server to being five times an Xbox Series X. So, uh, the other, the other foot, well, well, it's wild because we're comparing like this game pod is, it's like, it's a really weird name. I think it's called game pod or server pod or something like that. Okay. Excuse me. But it's like, we are going to compare our hardware to Xbox series X's. So then does that mean that like a 4090, like the next graph from NVIDIA is going to say, instead of giving us like teraflops or frames per second, it's just going to say, it's 57 Xboxes better than the 3090 Ti, which is 37 Xbox. It's like, it's such a weird metric. Yeah, yeah I mean? we measure like, performance by Xboxes now. Yeah, like it's such a weird <laughs> metric. It's bizarre to me. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I think the other reason why they're killing in-house game streaming is because they want you to pay for their service, mm. where their service is basically their version of Stadia, right? Yeah, So yeah, I agree. So it's, it seems like you're right. They're investing heavily in that cloud future. Yeah. Which is the same direction that that Logitech G Cloud handheld was you going, know, and they're competing with Microsoft and X Cloud, and they're and they were competing with Stadia and Amazon's Luna. Is that still a thing? But I don't know. That's kind of the market that they're going to. So they're taking away the feature from basically consumers being able to host their own cloud server, right. quote unquote cloud server, because they want you to pay for their for for theirs. Dude. So they want you to okay. buy a forty ninety and rent a forty eighty. Yeah. You know what Isn't I mean? that like, wild? That's what they though? want you to do. Yeah. So to me, it's like if you're hosting your own cloud gaming service, like what you're trying to say is you'll get more revenue by offering cloud gaming services than you would just selling customers uh, like 4080s or 4090s or whatever. Um, right. Because gamers are going to buy both. Yeah. They're, I think, they're, they're, they want to double dip. You dude. know what it is? I, I, I realize this now. It's about the console market. So. There's so many people, uh, game. there's a lot of gamers, and a big chunk of them don't want to spend for, like, a high-end gaming PC. So NVIDIA are missing a huge part of the gaming market, right? Correct. So Correct. to target that low-budget gamer, like, cloud gaming is the way to do that, right? Because NVIDIA really, they, they need PC. They need, like, Steam... They need like um, and and the way they do that, the way they can compete with those um, those consoles is by leveraging what's on PC, but in a cloud fashion. Like that's the only way they can really do it. And you know it's interesting because you're right. You're right. The Steam Deck does the exact attacks the exact same market in a different way. You know it they does. create affordable hardware that lets you play PC games on the go or on your TV or whatever, like a console-like experience. But uh, So it's really two different ways to attack that that console gamer uh, uh, demographic. Sure. And I, I think it's fascinating, uh, but you're definitely right. There's a lot of, there's a big pot there that they could steal from the consoles. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and ultimately, they may or may not be successful. I think the Steam Deck's been resoundingly successful. Yeah, I think the Steam Deck is is a, is a is a runaway success. I think it's even surprised Valve at how much it's taken off. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, and and now you can finally get them. Like now, you know, like that's pretty amazing. Like they've really ran to that point, though. Yeah, you know, and like going down the rabbit hole, I've been of trying to make you know my tablet like a 
primary device. Primary device. Yeah, back um, to where we started. Here we go. Well, it it, <laughs> it ties in, right? Yeah, yeah. So go like, ahead. Go ahead. So when you when I was like doing my research and stuff, I was shocked at how many people use XCloud as their primary gaming service. And yeah. the reason I went down this rabbit hole is because I didn't know this, but Microsoft Edge on every platform has software and plugins and APIs built into it that optimize it for xCloud. So if you, even if you're on your computer, right, and you run Firefox or Chrome, it's going to run worse than if you ran xCloud in Edge. So it's like a, it's almost like an optimization per it device is. It uh, is. built into Edge. Right. Yeah. Interesting. So I believe like, it. I believe so it. So like there are a lot of people who have an iPad and just, you know, use Safari for everything else or Firefox or whatever, but they also have Edge downloaded just for xCloud. And yeah. it was really shocking to me how many people use that or that I've learned have used that as their primary gaming method. And I'm sure companies like NVIDIA and I'm sure companies like Amazon and all of those people want a piece of that action. You know what I mean? Well, what Microsoft are doing compared to everyone else is offering you incredible value. Oh, yeah. Game Pass is great value. Game Pass today, as it is now, is like excellent value. You're getting a ton for your uh, subscription. And like I'm super anti-subscription, but even I can't deny like the fact that you can play all these like even AAA brand new games uh, like day one and it's just a part of your subscription yeah. Like that's pretty appealing, wild, you know. And so, the fact that that's kind of bundled into X Cloud and everything, like Game Pass and everything, like all that kind of is an, a pretty great package. So Microsoft, they're doing the best when it comes to I these think a, cloud gaming platform. I agree with you completely. And a really good example of that is just over the holidays, uh, I was going to buy High on Life. Which, okay. Okay. Yeah, I know uh, what game you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. And it's sixty dollars. I'm like, oh, this game looks really good. I like Rick and Morty. You know, I'm looking right. for a shooter. This looks like it's right up my alley. And I was ready to buy it on Steam. And then I saw it was on Game Pass day one. <laughs> wow. And it was like, oh, well, I'm gonna save sixty dollars and just play it on Game Pass. Right. And when you factor that in, you know, that's like the the cost of a game like Game Pass is fifteen dollars, right? So like right. to buy one game, you can get four months of Game Pass play that game still because that game's not going to take you four months to beat and you also get access to the entire library and xcloud that's right. wild yeah you know what i mean like that is yeah that's wild value I, I agree with you <laughs> i think where um i get concerned is the idea of ownership and i sure. know that with um you know a lot of digital content steam included like you you own a license right mm-hmm. um so it's not like you own the product but like you feel more like you do with like buying it on a Steam or whatever. Oh, I agree. I agree. Uh, because I can play that years down the road. Yeah. Uh, no matter what, typically, um, you know, I can. I I always kind of know that I have it. You know, and to me that that gives me a little bit of uh, warm and fuzzy. Whereas like if I if it's a I'm cloud service, way. I'm not sure if it's going to drop off because like one of the things you see even with like Netflix, right? Like, you see shows drop off of Netflix all the time. When I was really upset when Star Trek, all the Star Treks dropped off of Netflix. Yeah, dude. I'm um, the same way. So, yeah. You you bring up a really good point because, like, I do that with, um, with like, movies too, right? So, yeah. like, uh, I use Apple TV, and Apple TV works as, like, an aggregate. So, mm-hmm. like, if you own a subscription to Hulu and Netflix and HBO and stuff... Right. And then you just go to the Apple store. This is actually kind of cool on Apple. And like, say you wanted to watch Knives Out, okay? 
okay. but you don't own Knives Out. Right. Rather than Apple's first result saying, hey, buy this from us for 20 bucks, will be, hey, you sub to Netflix, it's on Netflix, here you go. No. Or you can buy it for 20 bucks. Interesting. I think that's pretty cool. No, that is um, cool. But my, but my point for bringing that up is because you and I think alike in that regard, and the a, a really good example of that is Halo Infinite, right? So, like, Halo Infinite's on Game Pass. I'm a Game Pass subscriber. But, like, Halo is one of them games that I know I'm always going to play, and it's near and dear to my heart, so I want to own it. So I probably don't yeah. see him anyway. You know what I mean? Right, right. Uh, but, yeah. like, a game like High on Life, like, it, like, campaign is, like, eight hours. I think it took me 11 hours to beat it with some of the side stuff. Right. And I'm probably never going to play it again. You know no, I, I mean? agree. Like, it's perfect for those sort of games where you don't want to miss out on it. You want to play it and just be done with it, right? And yeah, then go on to yeah. the next game, you know? So I understand, like, Game Pass still has value. I'm not saying that yeah. it isn't good. I just, I think that eventually, <clears throat> um, just like anything else, just like Netflix was the king of streaming and now everybody's streaming. I think Microsoft right now is sort of the king of streaming. Pretty soon everybody's going to be streaming. Pretty soon everyone's going to have their own streaming platform with their own games. It's just going to be a bunch of BS. And even though Microsoft, because they own so many studios, they're still going to be a strong player. And in fact, that's probably why they're buying them up. Uh, they want to make sure that they they own all the games that you want to play and then they can retain. Capitalize that, uh, yeah. Exactly. So uh, like, I think that eventually, though, you're going to have a diluted market with limited titles on each subscription service, and it's going to be a mess, right? And then people are going to be going right back to Steam. So I still feel like if you want the most consistent experience, you're you're going to want to stay on Steam and stuff. You know, you're going to want to do that. I, agree. I think that in the long term, that's going to be the best. But I don't blame people for you know buying into cloud and because there is value there today. Right. Right. Um, so, so, you know, that's cool. And even for like Alex and stuff like my son, I would like to buy him like a, a game pass subscription so he can just explore a little bit, you know? Yeah. No, uh, without and, buying and games. I kind of like yeah. learn what he's into, you know, like let him carve his own gaming path, you know? And that's, yeah, cause that's I'm an cool, old, cool I'm an old timer. Right. So like, yeah. I know what games I'm going to like pretty much before I play them, you know? Sure, uh, sure. whereas my son, you know, like. It's like, do I buy him that new Sonic game, or is he, is he going to play it for five minutes and I paid uh, sixty dollars, you know? Yeah. And, and then he's going to drop it. Like that's a risk. In Whereas, some cases like, now it's seventy. Yeah, yeah. seventy dollars on a lot of games, and it's like I don't want to spend that right. on a game that he's going to play for ten minutes and be like, I don't like it. Um, and <laughs> you know what I mean. So Game Pass it, is man. still like has its place, but so I won't I won't talk shit. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, yeah no, man. but like, uh, Going you bring up really good points, and like, yeah, I don't know about you, but like, w what has been your experience with with Steam streaming in house, like same um, network? I've had pretty good experiences as long as I can retain strong Wi Fi. Um, so that's the only caveat. I tried to play yesterday, and I and I had almost a terrible experience. I don't know what happened. So Kelly was over; it's playing Destiny Two. Mm. And I was like, oh, I'm going to sit on the couch and just, she was like watching TV or whatever, but I'm like, I'm going to sit on the couch and just stream Destiny 2 from my computer because you can't play that game locally because it uses BattleEye. Um, yeah, yeah, I know. So, a pain. And like, for the most part, it was working fine, but like, sometimes my inputs weren't registering. Like, sometimes, oh. like, sometimes I've noticed, like, if I was using, because like, it's a shooter, right? So if I was and using this wasn't both, Moonlight, right? Like, this was No, this uh, is just Steam. straight Steam Deck streaming. Yeah. So, like, okay. if I would, like, I don't know, like, if I was pressing forward with the left stick, and then I was trying to, like, turn, 
my vision with like the, the right stick. Yeah. Uh, sometimes the right stick wouldn't register that it was being held to the left. And then I would have to like let go of it and then press it again and then it would spin. Yeah, I think but, I've had uh, kind of controller-based issues as well. I was playing Dark Souls and I've, I've felt that. And that's super frustrating in a game like Dark Souls. It's super frustrating. Yeah. Um, and like, in, in general, I guess. It was weird because like the actual stream quality was fantastic. Right. And like when the controller was working, like there was some latency, right? But it like it was totally playable. It okay. was just like these like really weird one-off issues. Yeah, where it that, just dropped. Yeah. yeah. Like just like, like like not even like visually. Like like it didn't even like artifact <laughs> the or like input take, like, should be literally like the artifacts. lowest um yeah. it, it should it, be it the highest just, priority like, thing. Every now and again some right stick input, right stick specifically would just not register and then I would just have to push it again and it would be fine. And and I I've never had that issue in other games I've streamed, only Destiny 2, so maybe it's related to that, but it's it's fine cuz like it, it Destiny 2 works for you natively obviously, you know what I mean? And like right. I'm not sure what it is, you know, and like I'm not, I'm not sure either because so, I know that you have like the best Wi-Fi in the business. So yeah, so <laughs> and, and literally from where my computer is, my computer's hardwired, and from where I was sitting, I could see my my access point. Yeah, so, so it's line of sight. Yeah, like there should yeah. be zero issue. Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, Can you get uh, moonlight on uh, the Steam Deck? You I know, know, I haven't tried just because with every other game, the Steam streaming is so seamless. Yeah, you know, like, like I, I said, this is the only time I've had an issue, or, so I wasn't yeah. sure. I, I just wanted to bring it up and see if you experienced anything. No, but to be honest, I don't really often uh, stream uh, my games. Like, typically, I'm just running on device. Like, the games I can play on the Steam Deck uh, are have been on device. Uh, but there have been the t- occasion where I'll test the streaming out, and it and normally is pretty good. But I have had uh, 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 hiccups before. So, right. you know, I, I'm not surprised to hear that it's happened. So hopefully doesn't happen that often but uh, yeah like i said you, you know uh i stream modern warfare 2 a lot because that's another game that has ricochet so you can't install that one either mm. and i have no issues with that interesting so yeah i don't know i don't know anyone you know of our nine viewers who has a steam deck and streams destiny put it down in the comments if you, <laughs> yeah, you if have an issues, input yeah. issue yeah yeah but that, just kind of going back man like uh so macbook's gone back to your ipad yeah like I think that it's a pretty cool combo. Um, I think we ought to just, um, you know, give respect to the iPad for its abilities because uh, that's pretty good to be able to just uh, replace your MacBook like that uh, just because of the remote streaming, really. Because there's yeah. things for me, like, I think streaming's getting to the point now. If Parsec was on the iPad, it'd be a no-brainer, I think. Um, it's It's allegedly coming, and, yeah. and I say that in quotes because they've promised it for over a year now. Yeah, yeah. And I'm I'm in the Parsec Discord and it's gotten to the point where now they're they're just like super nice guys. Like they'll help you all the time. Like if you bring up the iPad client, they just get real like I bet it happens like, all the time too. Oh dude, constantly. Yeah. They get too like like the, their help channel is basically, hey, where's the iPad client? And mm-hmm. like no one uses the search feature. And then <laughs> yeah, exactly. the other question is that no one uses the search feature on is if you have a tab a uh, tab sa ultra for some reason the book cover doesn't work but other bluetooth keyboards do and they've just never fixed that okay yeah i don't know i think that uh the ipad's the main freaking like client for parsec yeah they ought to put it it on there uh does parsec make money i know that you can pay as a you can pay i pay for a few reasons um 
I pay because I want the four by four by four chroma, and it's like a yeah. hundred bucks a year, yeah. uh, which is a little steep for how it's strong like, it is. Like as but a, it's like one of those things that's like I don't want it to go away, so I want to support them. Yeah, you know, so it's the best. I just think of business, it as like so. me donating a hundred dollars to their development, and I yeah. get an extra feature for it because it works fine on the free version. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, so, I mean it's really good. So. So, so yeah, so it's one of those things where it's just like, hey, I want this to stay alive. I'm going to support them, you know? Yeah. No, it's I It's almost like a Patreon donation in my eyes. I can't, uh, I can't argue with that, man. It's a good product, and it seems like if their support is as cool as they are. Because, yeah. like, TeamViewer, like, who would be, like, on a TeamViewer support? No, that would, that'd be terrible. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's, like, that'd be, like, know, super like, if corporate If you go to the Parsec Discord, like, the actual devs are in the, there. The and fact that there's the a Discord yeah. means that yeah. they're, like... They're commu- they're communicating with the community, and I appreciate that. You know what yeah. I mean? Think about a TeamSpeak Discord. Just wouldn't happen. No, you know wouldn't what I mean? happen. Or a yeah. TeamSpeak. Sorry, Team Viewer. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. It just wouldn't happen. Yeah, well, a TeamSpeak one definitely guys, wouldn't happen either. If you go in there, just know that the iPad client is coming because if you ask them, they'll be like, they'll they'll like point like point the arrow to the start spot and be like, it's coming. Stop asking. Yeah. And if you say when, they'll say when it's ready. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's all good. But um. But yeah, man, I think we ought to move on to another topic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's knock this one out. AMD um, today, uh, there was some AMD Ryzen announcements for the X3D chips. Uh, I saw gonna, that. Yeah, I got, saw it briefly. I I had a pretty busy day, so admittedly I didn't see too much. Um, yeah, right. so if you want to so kick it off. I have it up here. We thoughts. just have, yeah. uh, I got three chips here, two Ryzen 9s and a Ryzen 7. We got the 7950 X3D, 7900X3D. And the 7800X3D, the uh, top tier one being, you know, the 7950X3D with uh, 16 cores through two threads, 5.7 gigahertz boost. Um, Okay, so first off, let's talk about that. I'm at 5.8 gigahertz, so, you know, whatever. Well, that Um, may not be... (laughs) I have some That's all core boost, though, right? Right? No. No to neither. (laughs) No to neither. (laughs) And then it says 144 megabytes cache. That's good, I think. So Um, we need to have a a few discussions here already. Yeah. 120 watts TDP listed here. Uh, Now that might be base TDP or if it's like boost TDP. I don't don't know. I don't think so, right? Um, I don't know because I was trying to do a research on Intel's TDP. Uh, for the, um, I think it's I think it's two fifty, but ultimate power mode puts it to three fifty. Yeah, I think you're right. So it's pretty because uh, I was looking at the thirteen nine hundred K specs. Sheet, so, and they list a base TDP of one hundred and twenty five watts, but they say max turbo power two fifty three. No, that's I that I don't think that's actually that's probably like on average maybe, but like it they they claim it'll peak much higher than that, like in short durations. Yeah, so, I don't and then know. like there's like that quote unquote ultimate power mode that lets it go to 350. Okay, but uh, um, there's a lot of concern ar- ar- around the new X3D. So uh, fill me in, man. Sure. So like again, very little time to look at this, right? So like this is all like conjecture and you know limited information. Uh, but essentially, it has a less TD, a lower TDP than the original 59 or 7950X. That's a little concerning, isn't it? Mm. Like, 120 watts is like baby TDP. Right. Yeah, so, I don't know. Um, what's the uh, well, thought process behind that? Well, I know 
from a hardware standpoint, right? Like from a physical layer standpoint that like the stacked, you know, NAND or whatever is on there for, for the, for, for, for the 3d yeah. can't sustain, like it gets wicked hot. Like it can't just, it, it just can't do high voltage. I want it. Just can't do okay. it. So that's really concerning to me. Like, is that like 5.7 gigahertz one core then? I Cause know. like the 5950 or, or excuse me, the 7950X uh, only boosts to 4.9 out of the box, right? So. Yeah. Would that be like um, all core boost? Yeah. On a 7950X? Uh, so yeah. there's a lot of speculation that like, again, pure conjecture, pure just theory crafting here, that the lower spec tiers might actually end up being better for gaming. And the 5950X normal one may be better for multitasking, and the 5950X 3D may not be better for anything. Um, so, mm. and, and and this is just pure speculation based off of, you know, a spec sheet. Yeah, it so. depends on the heat. Uh, I, that's why I was really concerned about, because I know, like, the 13900K is hot, at least right. on a multi-core workload. Um, and, oh, I, well, you know... It, you know, a full Intel core, has just run you know, wicked hot in general lately. Um, so yeah, and so but like it still does very well. Like if you like, because you you helped me actually overclock my chip, and I got like my best cores running at uh, five point eight. Like, yeah, constantly. how cool is that? By the way, uh, really good. Uh, okay. it, it's really good actually. It's been really um, performant. I'll say this. Uh, although I will say in favor of AMD, Star Citizen, the game I've been playing recently, runs better on amd chips right now and that's because uh it doesn't like the big little architecture there with the way they have their game um so you literally have to force the game to ignore the e cores okay. and, and to get rid of micro do you, stutter do you use like process lasso or something like that no you can uh, some people do i just use like a uh there's like a uh, way to modify your shortcut okay uh which will basically change like the uh way it runs um and as long as you have the shortcut with like a a certain like uh something in it uh it'll ignore the okay. e cores okay. yeah uh but that shortcut changes depending on what uh processor you have so you sure. have to know like there's a <clears throat> group online of people that put, put together like use this if you're on this like uh 13900k or whatever sure. and i was like okay cool Put it in, and uh, yeah, it seems like it micro stutters a lot less. So I'm like, because I was having serious crashes in that game, and like it seems like um, you know AMD might still hold the crown when it comes to Star Citizen at least. But I think that in general, Intel's still taking the win here. Um, the the 7950 XT 3D is probably going to be like you said, too hot. Um, Again, just, you know, just potentially we don't know anything, but we'll see, you know, because I'm really curious. I'm I'm I hope it's good. The community is upset because they didn't announce pricing. I th okay. I thought they did. The article I read, I thought they did. There's or price maybe it was leaks, leaks here? pricing, maybe because it's it's expensive. If it's like 800 bucks, I if think. the leaked pricing is correct, it's eight hundred dollars, seven ninety nine for seventy nine fifty X. Uh, 649 for 7900 X3D. I'm just going to say 650. There. And $5, 509 for, um, the, I guess the 7700, 7800 X3D is what I have listed here. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That's wild. But that's pricey. Like, what? It is really pricey. So, um, it, like, I don't know. What, okay. So, what's a 13900K go for? 585. Uh, 
what is it? 585, I think. For what? A 13900K? Yeah. That's way cheaper. Why? Yeah. Oh my god. Like wh- like people used to herald AMD as the affordable one, but this is like not close to that. Um, uh, so what's the deal with these prices? Well, stacked stacked they're, they're like stacked cash is not mm. easy or cheap to make. I mean, it's very performant, you know what I mean? Like performs wicked. Like the 1500X 3D of the last gen. Right. Uh, was keeping up with the 12900K. I okay. mean, not in multi-threaded, but in gaming performance for people, you know, actually cared about it. Yeah. It was it was actually doing, a beast. Yeah, it was it, it was okay. wild. So you're thinking, uh, will these be beasts also? Are they going to dethrone the 13900K? I don't know if they'll dethrone the 13900K, but like right now for gaming, the yeah. 7950X uh, still performs worse than the 1500X 3D, and like. Not many people know this, and like if we do have any people who are like super into AMD, there's a coin that's been termed called the AM dip, and it has to do with minimum one percent frames and <sighs> infinity cache. So oh, no. Zen Zen one, two, and three all had the AM dip, but they finally fixed it for Zen four. So that's why those like people who are really into like let's call them the one percenters who are like Warzone optimizers and all of those crowds who play like really competitive battle royale games that are, you know, both CPU and memory bandwidth and graphic card intensive because it's all streamed assets essentially because you know you're you're loading in a world and mm-hmm. people are falling in and all that nonsense you know so like people who play those games competitively really rely on having the best system possible right and uh, for the longest time if you played Warzone uh, Ryzen just wasn't an option because you would just get the infinity cache would just like get its pipeline backed up when it was trying to like stream assets to, to your graphics card and like your average frames per second would be fine but like you would just get these random dips to like double digit frame rates and it's jarring you know what i mean and that's just right. because the cache would just get behind so uh i, I mean so like, when did they fix that you said zen 4 okay so the 7000 series no longer has the dip but right. zen 1 2 and 3 all have cash problems when you're when when you're like pushing that echelon of like I need to keep my graphics pipeline as full as possible at right. all times. Uh, the cash would just like wig out, and then you would just get massive frame dips, and then we go back. But like that could be you know I won this match or I lost this match, right. you know. So for the longest time, if you were like building you know quote unquote an Apex Legends machine or a Warzone machine, Warzone especially. AMD wasn't even a an option, man. But like, like, like you couldn't even consider AMD. Yeah. Uh, okay. So. Yeah, it's interesting because so yeah. I know as of today, people on Reddit say like for Star Citizen that that the X3Ds are the best performance chip for sure. the game. The game is actually very CPU bottlenecked at the moment. Oh, um, it seems that way because like. Yeah. I mean, for me, uh, I run like a modular fan curve on mm. my radiator fans okay and it, when i'm playing anything like i don't hear my cpu fans at all if i'm playing star citizen i hear those fans yeah yeah <laughs> you know what i mean so it's, it's like, actually like, that's wild my my, so. not many games like that have the graphical fidelity of star citizen are actually like a cpu bottleneck game the, right like you would Especially think that, 4k yeah exactly like you would think like that game would be gpu bottlenecked but not even close like it's actually a CPU one. And um, yeah, depending on, and I know that I, you know, after doing this fix or whatever for my 3900K, like I actually get some better frames too. Do you really? So I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, you know, that seems like 
uh, wild to me. I mean, hopefully they'll actually, I mean, Star Citizen ain't even a real game right now. It's an alpha, you know what I'm saying? Um, but, uh, so obviously it's all going to get fixed, you know, eventually. But, I'll have to push uh, that article to me for the 12900. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's, it's just wild. So, um, uh, but yeah, yeah, so the X3D chips are, are interesting to me for, uh, maybe a different reason. Okay. So the 13900K is Intel's like last foray on the current socket size. Is it? So, yeah. So like now when the 14900K comes out, you 100% have to buy a new motherboard. Whereas I think AMD, because I just switched to LGA for this, so it's no longer PGA. It's no longer the pins. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so on the seventh on on the seven thousand series, it's LGA. So they're going to be on the socket for four years. Yeah. So like, if I have a friend or something who you know isn't us and just isn't like, oh, I need a new processor or motherboard, yeah. you know, like someone who's just like, hey, I'm building a new computer and I want to upgrade it down the line. What do you recommend? Right. I'm probably going to have to pick an X3D processor because. They're probably going to keep that motherboard for five years, and if, and if two years down the road they could just swap out the processor, that's going to save them a lot of money, you know. Yeah, no, for so sure. It's just like, it's like that's something you think about too if you're building a computer out there. You know, you're I don't know, man, because if you think about it, like um, with the cost um, of the X3D chips, like depends on what one they buy, I guess. Right. Right. Because like Intel, like I mean, if they're getting the seventy nine fifty X, they ain't saving any money because that. If the chip is that much, if it's like an eight hundred dollar chip, yeah, uh, you know, then then you're not really saving money in a couple years, like right. buying another eight hundred dollar chip every year. I mean, maybe yeah, a couple. You're saving a little bit on like the motherboard seven hundred K. Yeah, I mean, uh, okay, yeah, maybe, but like I'm just saying, like you could buy like for instead of buying the seventy nine fifty X three D, you would get like a thirty nine hundred K motherboard for cheaper than that single chip, you know. D790 is wildly expensive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, 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 I mean, is it justified? I don't know yet. We need to see some uh, performance numbers. I could tell you right now that the 12900K for gaming is better than than a 7950X. Yeah. And that's last gen's Intel. Yeah, yeah, interesting. But it makes sense. (laughs) Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's really all I had to say about that chip. Um, it came out or it's announced. We'll see. While we're on the topic, um, AMD did acknowledge the vapor chamber issue on their reference cards. So that's, that's positive. That's a step in the right direction. What was the problem with the vapor chamber issue? Yeah. So apparently there was this weird issue with the vapor chambers that based off of how the card was oriented. So for those of you yeah. who don't know, vapor chambers are basically phase change coolers. Right. Yep. Yep. So yep. so you basically have like small micro droplets of water that heat up and turn to gas and then flow to the cooler end of the vapor where they condense and turn back to water and then they move back to the processor and that's how it pulls heat away. Right? Really Yeah, efficient. it's basically A lot like of your phones heat pipes, have, right? Yeah, so like a lot of modern phones, the iPhone included, have vapor chamber cooling now. So you could essentially say that in a way, your phone is water cooled. Um, well, there was this weird issue or anomaly with the reference series cards, especially. So as far as we know, if you bought like a Paracolor Red Devil or an FXX card, those were fine because they made their own coolers. But the coolers that were made by AMD 
if you put your card in your case horizontally, like the way like 99% of people mount it, like not, like if it wasn't vertical, uh, the way it would rest on the actual GPU die uh, caused too much heat to flow through it for how they designed the cooler. And the small droplets of water would turn to vapor and they would never get a chance to recondense. So oh, the cooler no. essentially was not working. So you would have all these issues where you would hit thermal junction max of 110C and get terrible performance. Right. And AMD, when people were calling, were saying, like, that's not an issue that's working as intended and deny RMAs, even though their that's card insane. was not working at all. Okay. Uh, and then DeBauer went and bought, like, seven or eight different cards off of users who were having... Real cool guy, actually. He actually bought the cards from the users and then yeah. gave them 4080s. That's um, awesome. Wow. So, uh, so yeah. So, and then he did all this testing and then he even, this may actually be why AMD even finally acknowledged it. He put out a video like two days before AMD announced it, where he took a reference 7900 XTX cooler and put it on his CNC lathe and was cutting it back layers at a time and showing right. people where it was faulty. Um, that's awesome. So, like, now he put out video evidence that it's the cooler's fault. Wow. <laughs> Essentially. That's amazing. Yeah. So, good for him. Yeah. I mean, that's so, really good uh, journalism, yeah. basically. Yeah. You know? So, so essentially, uh, they acknowledge that, that it's the issue, and now if you have that issue, you can get an RMA'd. Mm -hmm. But, essentially, it was causing, like, 110C hotspots, and the card would just throttle to almost being useless. That's insane. What was the issue? Do you remember? Like, because, you know, those heat pipes and air vapor chambers, uh, they're, you know, they have like, um, you know, they, ha they, I mean, dude, we've been using those forever. Right. Like, there's like a whole like science well, behind it. I the science is known. up somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know yeah. enough about the engineering of it, but yeah. my understanding of it is when the, when, when the water would turn to a vapor, yeah. it didn't have something for it to recondense back to water. Okay. So. Interesting. It, and and the interesting part is a lot of the reviewers have that issue because they would do it on test benches. Right. And the issue didn't happen if the card was mounted vertically because the water would flow differently. Okay. So interesting. if the card was mounted horizontally, like in a normal case, that's when the issue reared its head. But if you just put it vertically on a test bench, it was fine. I didn't know that... Um... You know, with those vapor chambers specifically, that there was an orientation that they had to be in. Like, I did not know that. So technically, there isn't supposed to be, if incorrectly. I yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> but the issue, at least to my understanding of it, right? Like, I'm not as smart or as knowledgeable on the topic as he is. Mm. Is that when mounted horizontally, how the heat is spread across the the GPU die? Because obviously, like, there's like different micro pressures based off of how the card is oriented, right? Like, that's mm. just gravity. You know what I mean? Right. That when it was mounted horizontally, uh, if you loaded the card up, it would go into thermal runaway because the card didn't have enough time or, or space or surface area to recondense the vapor back to a liquid. Okay. How I understood it. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, interesting that they didn't... <laughs> I guess it's something so simple. I guess it is easy to kind of have that oversight. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, you know that's, <laughs> and like I said, you know, if AMD's test lab was all test benches with it vertically mounted, it didn't show its head. It didn't do anything. That's freaking insane, dude. Isn't that wild? Yeah, yeah. it was fine yeah. then. Yeah, 
It's freaking crazy. Yeah, man. Uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, so one last thing to talk about, I guess, uh, CES, right? Yeah. The CES is happening. CES is going on. We're getting you a know lot about of new it? products. I, I'm looking at uh, monitors. So I know that's like my favorite thing. Oh, go on thing. about monitors. Yeah, because I didn't look at anything well, about I monitors, just have, uh I just have something up here. Me. I'm just going to give you a list of stuff I'm looking at. Yeah. Samsung Odyssey OLED 49-inch ultra wide. Uh, Asus Wait, making an OLED. What? Yeah. What? Yeah. Well, like it's the an ultra wide OLED? Yeah, yeah. Samsung Dude, Odyssey OLED 49-inch. I might buy that. It looks clean. Um, if, if that does P by P, because then you wouldn't need, you, yeah, you, you, you wouldn't have the dimming issue that I told you, remember? Yeah, if but if it, it feels like, it's just like, to me, it's way smaller than like what we have, you know? Because yeah, it's just like, like I feel ahead. like the convenience of that might be cool to have two monitors side by side. It could be. It could be actually cool. 32 by 9, so... That's two monitors, That's right? two 27-inch uh, monitors side-by-side exactly. side with no bezel. Um, so, like... I don't know what the resolution is, so that's in question. Um, but, you know, if it's, it's like the, the Neo Odyssey one, OLED. it's the 5820 or whatever. It's the two 1440p side-by-side monitors. Yeah, which so, I, you know, I'm just not in the market for that. Um, I kind of am. I think I might... If it says if it it says two hundred and forty hertz refresh rate, so that's got to be fourteen forty p, right? It, yeah, it'll be uh, fifty eight sixty by fourteen forty. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, for those of you who don't know, I was considering buying the mini OLED one, but to run mm-hmm. it in P by P mode, which is where you can split the monitor in half and yeah. plug in two DisplayPort cables to your graphics card, and then it works like two twenty seven inch fourteen forty p monitors side by side with no bezel. So that's kind of cool, right? Yeah. But the problem I had with that one was uh, the Neo uh, G9 was mini LED. Right. So if you did that, it couldn't possibly control the dimming zones when running two monitors on the same panel. So it just went to one backlight. And that was right. ultimately the reason why I didn't do it. But if it's OLED, you no longer have that issue. Yeah. So that's kind of yeah. cool. That's no, awesome, I'm, I'm really you happy to day. see... Yeah, I mean, consumer OLEDs at this price. Yeah. And you know, they're probably going to have... Less issues with like, um, uh, uh, was it full array local dimming and stuff? Um, uh, or, or sorry, issues with, um, burning, uh, not burning, um, the heck's it called? Um, ABL. Oh, automatic right. yeah. brightness limiter. Yeah. They'll probably have less ABL issues. Especially also. if they're QD, they'll have less ABL. Yeah. I'm not sure, but it is a Samsung display, so I wouldn't be surprised. So all of Samsung's OLEDs are uh, QD. Yeah. So, you know, there you go. That's going to be amazing. Um, Asus making a, a 27 inch, uh, 1440p OLED. That's pretty good. We're seeing more and more OLED dude. Alienware, 500 Hertz monitor, whatever. Um, some kind of LG OLED flex. Okay, cool. You know, whatever. That's cool, uh, dude. Uh, what is it? Um, 45 inch OLED screen motor built in the back allows you to curve the screen. Okay, so it's kind of like a big version of that one monitor that you could like from Corsair. Curve or, yeah, Corsair monitor. Yeah, that you yeah. could like bend if you want. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> it I mean, like, I get it. That's kind of cool because, yeah. like, if you're, I it know what might they're targeting. Be cool. Who? I know. I know. I know what Space they're targeting. Sim freaks. No, <laughs> like me. <laughs> Maybe, but my guess was so. If you game on an ultra wide, yeah, the curve is nice. Okay. But yes. if you work from home and you do like spreadsheets and stuff, the curve is awful. 
I agree. So if you work from home, so like if your workstation is also your battle station, yeah, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, most of the time, like when I hear um, arguments for or against it, I think like for me, I favor the against argument. Um, but like when you get a good curved display and you're playing a game, like it can be immersive. Yeah. Yeah, so 100%. like for games, it can be immersive, but you know, my problem with it is, uh, well, never mind. I'm not going to get into it. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. To me, it's like curve, no curve, I guess being able with, with the fact that we have these flexible displays, like, I guess it's kind of neat to be able to, to move it. But the only problem is with a flexible display, uh, how do you properly cool those? Like one of the problems with these big OLEDs is, um, you know, the cooling issue is an, uh, preventing uh, the, the the brightness sure. from being at a certain level. Like, what's that really nice uh, OLED? I think it's like an Asus one. Oh, the, um, with the active fan? Yeah, it's like yeah. active cooled the, like, and PG stuff. PG-43 or whatever? Yeah, yeah and like I figured, that. like, to get good active cooling, you'd want, like, fixed components that you could, like, maybe even well, put a uh, heat sink on or whatever. Let me ask you a question. Uh, yeah. Is this is something that I don't know, and maybe you know? Um, is this something that's like the diodes themselves get hot, or the OLED controller gets hot? I think it's the diodes, just okay. by my mental understanding of it. But that's what I, I would assume know. too. Yeah, but like if you look at our L- at our, our CX forty eights, like the top of the screen is like paper thin. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it like, is. yeah. Where is that cooling well, going? Because, like, if you look at the back mm. of the Asus, it's not an edge-to-edge fan. You know what I mean? If it's a controller problem, then that's kind of BS. Um, right. So, like, it's got yeah. to be the other yeah. thing, right? I don't know. I don't know. It's a good yeah. question. I don't know. I'm going to have to, like, look into it more because um, it's like I kind of wish we had proper cooled OLEDs so we could get like better peaks. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so that's like really what I'm hoping for in like future OLEDs. I'm really curious if these smaller ones that uh, are coming out are going to have the ABL problems that like a TV would, because you know, if they don't, then they're going to be really amazing as monitors, you know, right. Like, most consumer monitors don't have a weird ABL sort of problem. Sure. So it'll be curious to see if they, you know, have that or not or maybe they just limit peak brightness so you know it's not really a factor or something like that i don't know we'll see but they're oled so they'll probably be great hdr displays and uh yeah i'm really looking forward to that to see if they're good yeah that'd be neat i'm still in the market to stay 4k but um but i know that i understand that your use case with the dual monitors is appealing i might try that i might try that Yeah. yeah i wouldn't get rid of your oled but uh, I guess you could sell it for a good price. Like these things are still, no, to for me, me, valuable. For me, uh, if I did go that route, I'd try it out first, obviously. And like, you could always return it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, this one would replace the bar TV behind me. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's another great thing about these. Uh, <laughs> it's like when you're done yeah. with it, it's it a good TV. TV. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good TV. Like I would yeah. put this in my bedroom or something. <laughs> you know, like, I don't know. It's, it's, it's wild. Now it's cool, dude. It's cool. Any other CES stuff you saw? I don't know. I saw that one laptop on Dave right TDs that Lenovo, Lenovo, yeah, I, Lenovo, I yeah, combined Lenovo, 
Yoga Nine I. That's just two screens. Yeah, there's no keyboard on it. You see that? I did see it in uh, passing, but I I I don't know. Uh, Let me look at. Let me see if I can find it real quick. But uh, so, what do you think? Dave Two D's video really makes a strong argument for it. You're kidding. Really strong argument for it. Is it? Obviously, it's not an argument for the keyboard. It's got to be an argument for some some other use case. So his use case was you basically have this folding dual screen OLED computer right. that you just hook up a Bluetooth keyboard to. And then he was showing yeah. like coders using it in dual portrait mode and things like that. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I up oh, hold on. I have I have it up. Hold on. Let me let me fast forward. Yeah. And get do to it. what it is. Do it. Yeah. So does it come with this? Okay, there's the touch screen uh keyboard okay that looks like it could work is the whole bottom half of the touchscreen like the mouse yeah check it out yeah. so like he said the touchpad works fantastic the keyboard is still what you'd expect from an on-screen keyboard yeah okay. but he said the touchscreen has really good haptics it mm-hmm. it works really well i see his argument so he's propping it up does it have a kickstand or is he just holding it hold on it it has like a like a galaxy fold hinge Wow. Whoa. Okay. Is he putting his Bluetooth? Did that that Bluetooth keyboard doesn't come with it, right? It does. That, oh, what? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oh, and it does, and it and it, it props itself up like this. Yeah. Okay. Now you're got my attention, right? Because kind of neat. It's right? basically a dual monitor laptop, but the footprint isn't any bigger. Right. That's freaking cool. Yeah. That's kind of actually kind of cool. Yeah. That is cool. So the thing about this laptop, though. It's not going to be a gamer, right? Like this is like yeah. um, this might be like it's not even going to be a MacBook, like not like a pr- powerful MacBook. Uh, this is like a pr- productivity beast. Um, yeah. it looks yeah, beautiful. Right, put it. Um, it it may have good battery life. Hopefully, um, it's obviously going to have touch screens and stuff. This is really a cool concept. Um, I think a lot of people will buy these. I think because, so too. Because uh, like it's it's honestly amazing. I, yeah. I think that's like super portable. Like, I don't know, man. It's clean. It's it really, is really clean. clean, isn't it? It's nice. Yeah, it's really it's, nice. It's got that technostatic. You know what I'm saying? It does, dude. <laughs> technostatic. Yeah, I'm very impressed, actually. Um, you know, oh, and you can even use the uh, the the physical keyboard on uh, on the touch screen. Uh, like you could sit it on there if you don't want to mm-hmm. use like the 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 um, Bluetooth one. Uh, well, yeah, you can sit the Bluetooth one yeah. on top. He showed it, like, kind of sitting on top. Yeah. I mean, this is... I'm impressed. Kind of cool, right? Yeah. I'm impressed, too, man. I think it's neat. I think it's real neat. We need these weird products like this. Like, you, there's... We have room in the market for these kind of... I agree. I think, I agree. like, when, when we get, like, really great low-power chips, like, we're going to get more and more of these, like, really neat... Form like, factors. Yeah. Exciting form factors. Yeah. Yeah, super exciting. Like, I don't know. I mean, I'm still like, one of the things I see with these is um, the potential for like, these kind of make Apple look bad a little bit because they have been keeping the same sort of like, I guess the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they've improved like the appearance, but they haven't changed or innovated at all in the form factor. Like even the fact that today you buy MacBooks and they don't have touchscreens. I think that's the biggest offender. MacBooks don't have touchscreens. And I mean, I know that like Steve jobs and stuff like was really adamant about not putting, um, a touchscreen on a Mac. Like he just felt like it was a touchscreen 
uh, on a laptop just didn't make sense, right? Right. Uh, but I don't feel like that's the case anymore uh, in 2022 or 23 now. 2023. I, f- I feel like Windows laptops have shown like you can have a good touchscreen experience. Like it's usable, you know, and um, yeah. and especially because Mac OS is already kind of built in like that, a little bit of that uh, touchscreen friendly UI, especially uh, with Ventura. Yeah, ex- exactly. So to me, it's wild to see like companies like Lenovo or whatever putting out these amazing like innovative uh, designs. Even though like they like Apple will still win maybe like with the M1, M2 performance kind of thing. Like their chips are still amazing, and obviously they have a quality hardware. But like they're not really going outside the box when it with yeah, anything. dude. That's that still blows my mind that yeah my iPad has more graphical horsepower and raw compute than my Dell XPS right. 13 from work. Is that insane, yeah. dude? No, <laughs> Blows it is. my mind. I think there's something to be said for what Apple can do with uh, hardware and software. Like, I think that keeping it simple is still very powerful. Like, sure. this laptop sure. is uh, that, um, this double screen laptop. It's, it's very niche, but I feel like um, a lot of people are going to love this, right? I think so, too. Yeah. I and even so being able to use it, like, as a tablet, like, being able to kind of... Now, I mean, I know for a fact that I couldn't use a Windows computer as a full-time tablet. It just doesn't work. Uh, I've tried it many times. But, uh, I mean, Windows 11 is getting a little bit closer to that, but it's still just not a tablet UI, right? Right. Um, you, you're still not going to beat, like, a an Android tablet or a uh, an iPad, but still, I, I'd like it to because... It'd be cool to have, know, like, one device, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the dream. I think, ultimately... You know, if we're doing the podcast in another 10 years, like uh, the devices we have then versus now, um, I have a feeling we're going to be closer to that one device dream yeah. uh, than ever. Someone brought up a good point the other day that the S8 Ultra uh, coupled with the new Android 12L update and with all the multitasking that Dex brings on top of Android 12L, that uh not intentionally but the SA Ultra has now become the best Chromebook. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, no it's true. Can't um yeah, cuz with the new Android, can't you run like uh like what? Chromebook apps and stuff? Yeah. Like how's yeah. that work? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it has like that crossover thing. Yeah, super cool. Um yeah. yeah, it's honestly like to me the Android tab is the closest thing to the one device stream you could get with the I think because so of Dex. Yeah. But like you know, we're we're getting to the point where um, eventually you're gonna have enough people making that to where Apple will have to respond. You know, um, unfortunately, Apple's you know. kind of on that point where it's like no one's gonna compete with the iPad. <laughs> well, the iPad I mean? does have a strong kind of foothold, even culturally. You know, it for does. a long time, it really does. Yeah, all tablets yeah. were iPads. It's getting to the point now where most of the time, like coworkers of mine will refer to a tablet as a tablet. I was just going to say that, um, that like there are people at my work who yeah. they see a tablet and it's immediately an iPad. <laughs> you yeah, know what I mean? Those people like, still exist, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, God, dude, just seeing what this dude's doing with this like folding laptop. I'm just it's like, cool, dude, right? It, yeah. To me, like, oh man. Yeah. It's super cool. And the bezels are really thin too. Uh, other than the top part because of the webcams and stuff. But, um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's pretty nice. USB-C, I'm sure it's really light. Maybe. Maybe not. I don't know. Sometimes display things can be heavy. It reminds me of um, 
when we had the um, what do you call it? Microsoft Surface Book. Like the the tablet part was kind of heavy. Yeah, yeah. I think it's like wildly the, heavy. Yeah, yeah, both parts were heavy. That's what sucked about it, right? Like think about a, a MacBook. The uh, the base of it is heavy. The the screen part is really light. Like you can one finger pick it up and stuff, right? Like that's the idea. But like anything that's got like a big integrated screen like this, like it's there's the potential. It's heavy, and that's kind of scary because like I know I kind of disliked how the Surface Book had that kind of heavier. I do too. Display. I do too. Like it was uh, weird because it was even like wobbly and stuff. Like uh, I don't know. I got in this conversation today with a buddy of mine. Uh, and he basically was talking about like how like laptop GPUs are a little confusing and I agree with them. Right. Because think of like how like Nvidia does laptop GPUs, like you get a laptop with a 3060 and you're expecting a certain level of performance. But what I don't Based tell you name, is yeah. uh, Nvidia allows manufacturer to run that 3060 at 35 Watts or 85 Watts or anywhere in That's- between. An insane difference, the dude. Insane yeah, difference. I didn't know that. Yeah. See, you taught me something today. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. Because like you, you're expecting to get what it's rated for, right? And, right. But so if like, they're oh, not giving a 30, you that, in it, yeah. well, is it the 35 watt 3060? Is it the 85 watt 3060? You know what I mean? And that's, that's dirty. That's like that's like upwards of like a 40 to 50 percent performance difference. That's huge. You know what I mean? Like that's wild. That so is wild. That's insane. It's really wild. hard for like the average consumer to buy a gaming laptop. It's like, oh, it's a thirty eighty in it. Well, is it the forty five watt thirty eighty or the hundred and fifty watt thirty eighty? Because those are two different things. Right. You know what I mean? No, that's a massive. So difference. like that's. Like, it's like when you're buying a laptop. It's like that's not going to be on the spec sheet. I don't. No. I don't think. No. You kind of have to dig for that information. That's that's so yeah. anti consumer. It's disgusting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. And that's I mean, really Nvidia's me, fault because they me, shouldn't allow you to put like a 3060 in something and be rated that low. Like it just, that's super scummy. I like those options, but they need to be more transparent about it. And I like those options because if I were to buy a Windows laptop, I yeah. wouldn't want a desktop replacement that gets 30 minutes of battery life and is big and bulky and runs fast. I want right. like a MacBook one that compromises a little bit on graphics card performance but it gets good battery life and it fits that bill of being light and portable. You know what I mean? So yeah, like, I, I, I would do. probably look for one of the lower TDP ones. Yeah. Cause like everyone that has like the full fat, you know, I'm sure the full fat 4090 ones are going to be curse, dude. Yeah, no, yeah, it's true. I mean, the amount of battery life is going to be like two seconds. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, it depends. Like I know for, there was a time where I wanted like, the laptop to have the best performance possible and I just kind of had the expectation I was plugged in but that yeah. has sailed like I don't want that anymore because like a laptop that uses that much juice is so loud it's not even funny it's 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 not even a, a, a treat to use it becomes a no. burden at that point yeah no it's terrible it's a it's it becomes a burden like uh, I'm tired of, I don't want no thick heavy laptop anymore uh no you're right um but yeah yeah, I don't know. That's pretty much all I had about CES until Damn. we get the rest of it. I think that it's still going on, right? Your, uh, it is still going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll talk star about citizen? your Star Citizen. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean, talk about it. Uh, let's talk about it a little bit. Yeah, and sure. then we can wrap it up. So, Star Citizen, interesting because uh, I think last podcast. You're welcome, when, by the way. Uh, yeah. Yeah, thanks, bro. Uh, you were telling me uh, to play it. You know, I think that it was after. 
Uh, we did the last podcast, right? Yeah. Um, and we talked about it on the last podcast, I think. And we said, I think, uh, I think briefly, yeah. Yeah. We, we, I basically explained, I think at the time, like how I felt about it. And, uh, I know that for, um, from experience, uh, yeah, I know that I've always felt that it was kind of scammy at this point, uh, because it's not out yet, you know, right. it, like, yeah, scam citizen, like, like you were saying, your friends <laughs> have been calling it that. And um, vapor citizen, yeah, vapor citizen, scam citizen, like never out, like it's not real, um, it's never gonna be real. And I felt similar to that, you know, like I really did. Um, but uh, I think I, just to spoil, like, yeah, I don't feel that way anymore. I feel like it's awesome. <laughs> so, so <laughs> Is I, it safe I, to say you've invested in the you're yeah, invested in the game. I'm very invested in the game. <laughs> I'm not going to say how much I'm invested in the game, but uh, I, I did spend more, even more money on it because of how invested I am into the game. Because, uh, you know, when you got me on it the other day, I remember uh, being consistently impressed. Mm-hmm. Like, even just dumb little things, like looking down at your body. I was going like, to say, like, how excited were we over the mouse wheel? Just the fact that you can use the mouse wheel <laughs> to increase and decrease your like walking speed. Wild. Like I think what the game does best for me is allow me to be completely and fully immersed somewhere. Sure. And I even little that. things, 100%. I call it RP walking yeah. uh, when you do the slow walk. To me, that is a thousand percent adding to my immersion. Like the fact 100%. that I can like yep. walk like a badass, like big agree, yeah. you know, I, I, to me, that's immersive as fuck. People do it all the time because it's so easy, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. you know, so I love that. Uh, and just looking down at your body, I've never seen another game make it look like I'm looking down in real life. Like I have in star citizen, like that, no, the agree. way your character moves and stuff, yeah. like I can see all my limbs. It's super well done. Yeah, it's insane. Like if you're standing in a in an elevator, you don't feel like uh, a pebble, which is typically what you're in a video game. Like a lot of times, if you're gray boxing your game, you make like a pebble character, like a pill, mm. right? Yep. And that's like your hitbox. I don't feel like a hitbox no. walking uh, around. Yeah. I feel like I'm a actual modeled player walking around with limbs because, I, like, if I'm standing in a little corner and I look down, that's the space I'm occupying. I'm not like occupying like an invisible bubble around me. Like I. You know, I like, like, yeah, I was just gonna say that. Like, I almost feel like the team that just worked on like character movement and like character nuance, yeah, is a lot more effort than I've seen put in other games. Completely, yeah. no, it's wild. And like yeah, even totally stupid stuff. Like, I I know that we were like uh, clambering into an elevator and like we rammed into each other a little too hard. Yeah. and lost some health. Yeah, <laughs> like the yeah. game tries to be like like sometimes a little too realistic. But yeah. um, but like it goes for like this level of realism. Let me tell you another thing that impressed me. If you're on the ship and somebody pulls high G's, like you go flying. Oh, you dude, know, I, I learned the hard way. Yeah. I oh yeah, the hard dude. Hard way, dude. We, yeah, I think I I don't know who was. We were in your ship, I think. And uh, oh yeah, we were in my ship, and you at, were flying. at one point, yeah. yeah. And like I I think you like you know gunned it, and like Josh and I were on the floor, like. <laughs> it's funny yeah <laughs> it was hilarious so there's a little like oh yeah and and the weather i don't think you've played the game enough to really see it right have you seen the no. weather no, oh my god dude listen to this the wind can blow your ass over <laughs> like i'm not even kidding like i was outside and like if you're walking against the wind like you're sure. legit like 
I'm dying. Like it was so windy on this planet that yeah. I saw we landed at a um on a we landed on a uh, landing pad and our ship was about to flip over, but thankfully it didn't. But we saw another ship that had and it was all busted up like the wind literally will push your ships. You have to leave your engines on so they so your ship yeah. will stay stabilized. But like as soon as we got out of the ship with the, that wind, like dude, we were like blow. I blew out of my friend's cargo bay. It was insane. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Like that's, the weather really is serious. Cool. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's, the, that's the type of experience that like I would want in a game like that. And like, what's interesting to me about Star Citizen is like all of these features, like that feature you just kind yeah. of talked about always seemed like a pipe dream thing you know what i mean like world of warcraft has weather but it doesn't do anything yeah i know i mean I like know what you mean. so many yeah. games have what skyrim has weather but it doesn't do anything you know what no, i mean it like yeah like, now to me this game tries to ask the question like what's the most realistic way we can do this and can we put it in the game yeah. and if the answer is yes they we'll probably have yeah. like even stupid stuff like i uh, when i was um like everything consistently impresses me in the game like when I um they I got what was called a crime stat, you know, where mm. um I killed some police uh ships. I didn't know they were police ships. I blew them up. Then they constantly tell me like pull over, pull over, you know, and I'm like, "No, I'm not pulling over. I'm running." So right. I run away and I go to a station and I eventually um I get apprehended, right? So yeah. I think if you're I don't know what happened. I was moving slowly. Uh all of a sudden it said you're being arrested. I'm like, okay, crap. The screen fade to black. And right. next thing I know, I wake up in prison. And I have a time, <laughs> I have a sentence. That's funny. And it was a literal six and a half hours. And I had to either wait that or yeah. work. It's like a mining prison, you know? So it's like either you do labor or <laughs> you wait the <laughs> literal six and a half hours. That's awesome. So that was wild, you know? And I did the labor yeah. and I got out early. But like just... The the immersion in the game, like, because most games would be like, okay, you know, like, um, wasted, like Grand Theft Auto, you know, and then you respawn. But this game was like, no, like, uh, and like, if it's you have a crime stat and it's high enough. People, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, it's wild to me how many people play GTRP. Yeah, GTA actually, RP. you know, I have a friend that's like super into Oh, it. yeah, that's right. You, you do. Travis. You do. Yeah, he's, and like, he's a big part of the game. It just seems like Star Citizen yeah. is such a better platform for that. I agree. You know, I, I was thinking about it. And even though GTA RP is like its own thing, like I feel like Star Citizen gives you the same sort of sandbox. Uh, in fact, a way better sandbox mm -hmm. than like GTA RP, right? Right. Because you can RP in like so many better ways in Star Citizen. Sure. I'm in a organization I joined, which is a player run guild or whatever. And they're called um, uh, Rescue Squad 1. And they're basically uh, medics. But they're not just like medics. They're kind of like trauma team from cyberpunk medics where like somebody will request uh, our assistance and we'll come in, you know, guns out, ready to rescue. You know, I think you should cost. maybe touch a little bit on like how actual players can request that. Like, not Yeah, just, so you know... I wanted to actually bring up how integrated players are into the game uh like you were saying one of the things i was mentioning earlier is that crime stat thing where if you're uh if you are uh, a criminal you'll actually get a crime stat and uh if it's high enough you'll actually get players hunting you down and the way that works is bounties show up in the mission list 
and your bounty will show up in there and somebody can accept that and hunt you down. And it'll say, like, this player was last seen at this location, and you have to hunt them down or get hunted by other players. And that's wild. Um, uh, uh, specifically with a medical thing, if you are on a mission, uh, we uh, there's these missions called bunker missions, which are basically, like, a security force needs help on the ground in a... Uh, they're being attacked by... Uh, an organization, they need you to clear out a bunker or whatever. So you go down there on foot, guns out, and you might get shot, but you're not dead. When you uh, get shot in this game and you're downed, you're in a down state, and it'll take like an hour and a half for you to bleed out. Right. And the game gives you an option to request a uh, a medical beacon. And when you do that, you can offer somebody to come rescue you for an, a set amount of money. So you could be like, you know, $15,000 beacon up, and then somebody will come and rescue you. They'll accept that mission, and you'll see this person is this far away from you, and you can track, like, them getting closer, and then sure. they'll arrive and rescue you. So it's really cool. Like, the game integrates players into its gameplay loop. That's, it's, and that's the most immersive part about Star Citizen. What's like, neat the about players. that, too, yeah. is... You never really have a content drought because the community consistently adds new content. I think that's why people are playing it right now because the community is actually pretty active in this game. Sure. Uh, there's a lot of organizations there. And even though Star Citizen, the company that makes it, have a lot of events and stuff, um, the community are doing all kinds of stuff all the time. And I, I consistently find cool people to do stuff with in the game and like right. to me the social experience is why i'm staying mm -hmm. um and because like i can do that role play kind of gameplay um where like if i want to be a medic i can do it if i want right. to be a pirate yeah. um you know and and that's really what the objective of the game is it's a sandbox and you can do all these things you want to do mining you can do that. You can. It, there's multiple ways you can do mining. You could be on a little uh, rover on the ground mining rocks, or you could be on space mining rocks. You could do trading missions where you're Amazon or whatever, uh, and you're delivering boxes. You could do um, uh, actual big trading where you're in a big cargo hauler and you're trading hundreds of thousands of uh, resources uh, from A to B, like space trucking. You could do, like there's salvagings that come into the game where like, uh, you know, persistent in the persistent universe, because I think we might have mentioned this in the last po podcast about the persistent universe. If a ship gets blown up in the verse, it stays there and other people can find it out in the middle of the wilderness and salvage it. Or like if it's a bigger ship, you could even go inside of it and, and claim the loot for yourself, uh, yeah. you know, and that's wild to me. Like I'll be able to dogfight a guy out in space and then shoot his ship till it's at the point where it's entered a soft death sh state, which is basically dead, but not exploded. And then I can drive up next to it. I can EVA out into my spacesuit, go on board, board his ship. They're still going to be alive on in there. I kill them. And then I can loot their bodies. Cause it's literally like, um, what do you call it? Full loot PVP. Yeah. You know, so I can literally loot their bodies and then, uh, yeah, walk away with all their ships, loot and everything. Like <laughs> that's, that's, that's awesome. That's awesome that the game yeah. lets you do that, yeah. you know, and then somebody well, else totally can come is. by and salvage the ship. And like, obviously there's going to be, um, there's a whole system. Like you can't just do that to anyone and have no repercussions. 
there's the potential you'll get a crime stat, you know. So there's there's griefers. I'm sure there's going to be pirates and griefers and people that want to play that PVE experience. They're going to be right. able to get that. But it's it's a dangerous world, and I think that's fun because you have to plan, you know. You have to plan for how you play the game to kind of avoid that, you know. And that's part of the gameplay loop to me. It's like, let's play smart. Let me, if I want to be a PVE weak player, then I could just go off and, 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 and go somewhere in the middle of nowhere that no one's going to find me because you can do that. The, the planets are big enough to where if you just go off in a direction long enough, like you're going to be literally in the wilderness and odds of finding uh, somebody else is going to be pretty slim. So that's kind of a neat thing. That is really um, cool. Yeah. I, I I just think that the entire concept and the, and the direction they're going right. is what I want them to do. Yeah, and I know that you played it, and like, there's a lot of bugs. I just want to be clear. There is there like is. there's unbelievable amount of bugs in the game. I know that I have crashes constantly, and it really frustrates because you know you could be out with your ship and then experience a crash, and the next thing you know. Uh, you're back at the station and now you have to spend another 30 minutes like getting on your ship, getting equipped and getting out there. Whereas like, you know, it's like a time waster and that kind of yeah. sucks. The game still has to work on a few quality of life things, you know, like being oh, yeah. able to like save your loadouts cause it is full loot PVP and not right. have to go back and buy arms, buy a helmet, buy an undersuit, buy a chest, buy legs, buy a bag, buy bullets, yeah. buy a gun, buy med kits. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, to be fair, what I do is kind of have a, like, you can kind of mitigate a little bit. Like, I have a nest egg of weapons, armor, and everything just sitting ready to go, right? And if I'm taking my best gear out, I'm probably not going to be in a completely uh, risky situation. Like, if I if it's high risk and I know I'm going to lose stuff, I'll just go out there and, like, minimal stuff that I'm, right. I'm willing to lose and then be just done with it. But, like, I have, like, an org uniform and I bought like four sets and I'm on my last set because uh, I keep losing it to, you know, other like BS, you know. So, so sure. yeah, it's like one of those things that could be frustrating. I'd like to have loadouts. They are doing a lot of quality of life stuff in the next big patch, uh, which is 3.18. So that's really nice. They're adding a lot of uh, friendly inventory features like move all, <laughs> which is not oh, in the game nice. right now. That'd be nice. Yeah, because right now you got to, like, drag everything one at a time from inventory thing to inventory thing, and that sucks. Um, but, you know, they're moving, they're adding the move all. So there's there's a little, you know, there's a bunch of stuff. But to me, the game's really cool, and I'm going to keep playing it, dude. I already invested. I bought a couple other ships, some big, some small, and, like, I don't know. I got my friends playing it. I got you playing it a little bit. I got Josh playing it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I want to keep playing it. So uh, good game. It's it's good, and, and and like I said, like if you were in the camp of like yeah. this game's vaporware, I would I would I, I hold think it's that firmly not until yeah. you try it in twenty twenty three. So I think that if um you're interested in Star Citizen, you think it's vaporware, wait till three point one eight comes out, and then jump in like around that time because the game's gonna be like completely different. It's revamped with three point one eight. They're adding a new render engine. I think they're going full Vulcan. Uh, so uh, performance should be even better too. And um, they're adding a lot of new gameplay mechanics like salvaging. They're changing the way bunkers work. They're adding new missions. Like the the amount of gameplay loops and opportunities in the game I think are just like really great right now. Like I think the game's worth playing right now. 
if you're willing to kind of suffer through the the pains of it. But you got to know what you're getting into because every major patch, they're going to wipe all the content, right? Uh, they're going to wipe your character, basically, and you have to start from scratch. But to me, I look at it kind of like you, you would with, like, Diablo. With like, you know how, like, they do seasons. seasonals? Yeah. yeah. I look at it like that. Like, this season, I'm going to start the game like this, and I'm going to do this, you know? So to me, it's just like I'm starting a new game from scratch, and everybody else is at the same time. So yeah. to me, that's kind of cool. You know, you're starting the season fresh, and then you can kind of, you know, and, and then you can play with the new features or whatever that came out that season. Um, and, and that's the way I'm going to be playing star citizen into the future. But, um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I think that, uh, I wouldn't blame people for not playing it if they tried it and didn't like, like it, I wouldn't blame them. But, um, right. like there's certain friends I won't recommend the game to, cause I know that they have, um, they don't deal with frustrating things in games very well. You know, like I got a friend, Ben, I, I would love to get him in to the game, but I know that he would be like very unforgiving to any sure. of those problems. I would uh, be friends like that. Yeah. Like the, if it's not like pristine, they can't overlook like the BS and like that. He's one of those guys that would just be like, nah, this isn't worth the frustration. I'm going to go play something else. And, uh, I, you know, I'm not like that though, because I see what star season is. And like, to me, I put it on a scale. Right. And I see like, uh, what it's doing right now versus like the pains that it's giving me. Sure. And to me, like it's still worth the pros it because the cons. Well, yeah. And, and then into the future, I know it's only going to get better. So uh, to me, I, I think that if, and especially because as you play the game, you find workarounds for those weird kind of bugs with the game. And then you avoid those things and then you can kind of find a way to enjoy it, you know? Yeah. So I don't know, man. I think that, uh, if I can get you on there uh, more regularly, I'd be happy. But I don't blame you for, for you know. I know we're the kind of people that play a lot of games. And, I'm a variety uh, gamer. Exactly. And I've always been a variety gamer too, but I think that I want to be, like, more serious into Star Citizen. So, but we'll see, you know. But, um, but yeah, man, thanks for getting me into it. Yeah, dude. <laughs> Wasting all my time. Yeah. Thanks for trying it. Thanks for believing it's not vaporware. Well, I definitely don't think it's vaporware now. Do I think people ought to spend as much money as me? Maybe not. <laughs> um, I'm pretty dumb, and I spent like way more than I should. You but, got a top um, hat and a monocle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't give me any any hints on how much I spent now. Come on. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. To me, um, I've always been like super anti-mobile game, you know, so I feel like I'm a little hypocritical because, um, you know, I'm, I'm normally like, I'm freaking microtransactions, you know, blah, blah. But like when you have a game of Star Citizen's caliber um, where it's doing something that literally no other AAA dev has ever accomplished, or even indie dev. Like, to me, Star Citizen is kind of like a hybrid of, like, AAA graphics, but indie dev features. Does that make sense? It does. It does. Yeah, so to me, like, most AAA games, like, like compared to even something old as hell, like Half-Life 2, I feel like they just don't have as much, like, features as even those older games like think about the physics the facial animations and stuff like the innovation that half-life 2 had and then like a lot of modern games like can't even do what half-life 2 did you know today so uh so that's why i kind of like am frustrated at AAA. but star citizen kind of uh it has those crazy features plus graphics that still look great so it's 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 insane but anyway that's my rant (laughs) 
<laughs> on Star Citizen. Do you want to wrap it up? You got any closing comments? I don't, man. I don't. I I think that my only closing comment would be that if you're on the fence with Star Citizen and you think it doesn't really exist, that you should at least try it. Try it out. And, like, you can try it. Actually, they have, like, free fly events sometimes where you can play it for no investment. I think that you can just, like, uh, play it for free. Like, they might give you, like, a free little ship to play with. Then you can hop in during one of those. Or you can get, like, a... Um, uh, a starter ship package for pretty cheap, but I wouldn't get anything too expensive. Um, you know, I would get something like maybe like the cutter, uh, which is like, or like the, uh, you know, little tiny ships. I like the cutter. Um, I like the, um, uh, the C eight X. Uh, that's a pretty nice little ship. The Pisces. I love that thing. Don't let its appearance fool you. It's like one of my favorite <laughs> ships. I'm serious. I love that thing. Um, but yeah, so get a little small ship and get started. And like the thing is, if you, if you want something bigger, you can, you know, look at, you can look up YouTube videos and do whatever, but like a starter ship and actually the Pisces, even if you want something bigger later, it's always worth keeping around that small ship. Cause if you blow up your big ship, you got to wait like, like maybe 25, 30 minutes for a big ship to respawn because of insurance uh, whereas like the Pisces takes like 45 seconds to respawn if it blows up. So I, you know, it's always good to have like a fast, uh, ship like that, like in your hangar. Anyway, now my rant's over. Give it a shot. So anyway, let's wrap this up. That's been the Technostatic podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. If you want to see more, check out technostatic.com where you can see us on, uh, See all of our links, our YouTube. We're on uh, all the podcasting stuff. Try and do this every two weeks, uh, hopefully. And, hopefully. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. We'll see you guys next time on the Technostatic Podcast. <laughs>